Hey guys, Hunter here. If you're like me, you've started to listen to uh, most of your podcasts on Spotify. And if you guys do, it would really help us out if you would leave us a review on Spotify. We've just recently gotten on the platform and we're trying to get our reviews up. So if you enjoy the show, uh, we would really greatly appreciate you going there and uh, clicking a, a review for us. It only takes a few seconds and it will really help us out uh, with growing the podcast and getting the good word of health and fitness out. Now let's get to the show. And we're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here, coming to you from the Madison Studios. We're shaking it up on you guys. Even though you can't see us, we're keeping you on your toes. I'm here with Caleb, and we are going to talk about burnout today. So burnout is a phrase that we hear people use from time to time, and uh, it can be a synonym for a lot of different emotions or feelings. Um, but I think we really just kind of want to break in, break it down and talk about what it means, what we feel like it actually means when somebody says they're feeling burnout um, and uh, how to avoid that. If you feel that you're in that state of quote unquote burnout, um, how to know if you're in that state and what to do to avoid it and uh, all things burnout today. I think for for me, when I think about burnout, I do through the years, um, you hear this conversation a lot around fitness and the reason why we talk about it so much is because we participate in an activity that has the opportunity for people to um, think that more is better. And so it leads them into this trap where you either feel like I've got to keep up this unsustainable pace or I have to um, or I fail. And so a lot of times I think for us, the conversation ends up being really positive because it helps us reframe what success actually looks like and what are the most important things. And through the years, we recognized that we had a huge gap in what we were bringing to our clients in the, the conversations around nutrition and around personalizing coaching a little bit because when left to our own devices and we get in a group setting, um, especially around exercise that is um, carries a lot of labels of intensity and um, extreme I think that it kind of has clouded the fact that we we see people make the most amount of progress when they have a balance between their exercise, but also match that with nutrition. And so the burnout conversation, I think, is what probably sparked a lot of our first thoughts around maybe we need to provide something for clients to help them realize that they don't have to, um, you don't have to have an extreme level of fitness in order to see results. And that's really what it comes down to. So the burnout conversation usually um, ends up becoming a conversation about what what is the goal in the first place? Uh, because then you can decide, is have you set your expectations too high? That's what I was going to start with, is the first thing I think about is uh, the expectations of uh, the individual. And I think that a lot of times, I would say most of the time, uh, people start an exercise routine with unrealistic expectations in regards to how much work is going to be required to achieve their goal, how consistent they're going to have to be, and also how quickly they can achieve it. And, and to a certain extent, how, um, how, how far along they can get in their, in their fitness. So, 
you know, we started a CrossFit affiliate in 2013. And back then, the CrossFit game seemed very accessible to a lot of people. We would consistently have people come in and say, I saw the CrossFit games on ESPN and I want to compete at the CrossFit games. And I, having been through it for a while and understanding how fit those people were and how much work was required to even get to the past the open, realize like that's the equivalent of me watching the masters having never swung a golf club and then going to a golf pro on monday and say hey i saw the masters i want to compete in that next year or in a couple years Mm -hmm. what can you write me a program to get me there and we all know that that that's just insane to to even think that way but you know with the sport being as still as relatively uh new as it is people still feel like they could get to that point um, and you know, another thing is seeing a super fit, uh, female on Instagram and thinking, well, if I even look at a weight, I'm going to be bulky like she is, you know, that's another really common expectation that we see. And so part of our job and part, one of the things we really try to do with this podcast and with our conversations is help people set realistic expectations of, um, where they can get based off where they started in what time frame, and how much work is actually going to be required, you know, showing up to the gym once a week is not going to help you achieve all all your health and fitness goals uh, and dreams. You know, you're not going to be able to um, progress as fast as somebody who's spending five hours a day at the gym and devoting their entire life to the gym if all you can devote is three classes a week and you're getting six hours of sleep and uh, you're not tracking your food. Um, There's a lot of of parts to it um, that that play a huge factor in, in making progress and getting results your age, your background, and there's, there's so many different variables. And so helping people set realistic expectations and laying out the, the framework and the groundwork for this is what the road is going to look like. You can get, we can help you get to where you want to be, but this is what it's going to take. And setting that up on the front end, we can help people clarify and set realistic expectations. And to me, if we can help them set realistic expectations, we're going to set them up to, to continue to be motivated and make progress um, from the front end as, as opposed to promising them the moon, um, in hopes that we land among the stars when we know in reality, um, just getting, you know, to the third floor is going to be a win. It's funny that you talk about that because I think the perspective of that, that conversation kind of shifts as we think about what the last really 10 years has looked like. There's a lot less of that conversation and, um, but I remember when that conversation was very common. I mean, probably every day you had someone and the conversation around burnout was really helping them understand that what they are feeling burned out trying to achieve isn't even matching up. And so when you can match up those two things, all of a sudden burnout becomes uh, not an issue for them because mm-hmm. now they've just managed their expectation. I think for a lot of people, burnout is simply a state in your mind of fatigue because you're not getting to the goal or you've lost sight of your goal. And so, you know, burnout, everyone's tired. Everyone is enduring things. Everyone is going through challenges. Um, and those who feel burned out or would describe themselves as burned out, I think most of the time they've just lost sight of the goal. And so they're doing the work without being able to visualize where they're getting. And so progress and having markers of progress set can really help people see that they're not just running on a treadmill without a monitor and they're just spinning and trying to figure out, all right, I don't know where I'm going, but all of a sudden when you can give someone a monitor, 
they're able to see that, oh, I have been working really hard, but I can see that I'm not, uh, I've made progress. I'm, and, I'm, I made a post about that specifically, and I said when I hear uh, somebody say, I'm feeling burnt out, I translate that in my head to, I don't feel like I am where I should be based on the work that I've done up to this point. I feel like I should be further along. And I said, you know, I finished it with say, saying nobody that's winning is feeling burnout. Like uh, you wouldn't go up and say somebody who just won uh, the NBA championship, they achieved their goal. Oh, I'm feeling so burnout. No, they're they're excited. I achieved my goal. It's the people that feel like, gosh, I'm working so hard and I'm not achieving my goal. And my point in all that was saying a lot of times there's only one or two small tweaks that we need to make. And you can you can achieve all the pro, the goals that you want to. Maybe you're not getting enough protein. Maybe you just need to get a little bit more sleep. Maybe you're not being as consistent as you feel like you are. But day-to-day life gets so hectic and stressful when we got so getting pulled in so many different directions we feel tired and we feel overwhelmed and we feel stressed out and we got all these different things going on and it, it's easy to get in that in that valley of feeling hush i'm working so hard and i'm not seeing the fruits of my labor maybe i should just quit and i think that's where the burnout conversation comes into play it's, and I, I think it's a sentiment to, to feeling uh, dissatisfied with your results yeah and and part of that i think is by nature of the fitness of the body composition change the health all our results are time delayed and so any change that you want to make or any fitness skill that you want to learn um, very very rarely are you making a change that directly changes something for the next day um, almost everything that we are working with clients on is something that has some sort of delay from the time that you begin the hard work to when it's achieved. And so for a lot of people, the time delay is actually a six month delay from when they begin to when they're going to achieve the result. And all along the way, you're being fed negativity or you get down, you go through these peaks and valleys of motivation. And so I think you know, for for the start, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to fitness, it's not that we want to have a negative mindset towards that or crush dreams, but the goal is just to, if we can help people gain the proper perspective, they're going to be educated to decide, do I really want this or not? And then when they have a proper expectation of how long is the time delay? So if I want to get to 15% body fat, what is the true time delay that it's going to take for me to get there? Um, or if I want to get my first pull up, um, you know, I want to get my first muscle up and there, there's so many different skills. There's so many different things. So from in one sense, when I think about burnout, that's kind of the first thought that I go to is kind of in that direction of, you know, I think like you said, Hunter, it just is, um, it's just a mismatch of what the work that's required and then I would add to it the time that's required. And then it just becomes about being consistent and waiting for the day that it shows up. I think a lot of times, and another aspect of it is people are not being nearly as consistent as they think they are in their head. And that's where a coach comes into play. That's where attendance tracking comes into play. Uh, I was thinking about this yesterday as we're finishing the Beachbody Challenge and you know people are turning their points in. And I was having a conversation with another person about the nutrition and um, you know, they weren't super happy with their, their, uh, scan. And I said, well, let's, uh, have you been tracking your food? Yeah, I've been tracking. Let's take a look. And the last two days had not been tracked at all. And then the day before the first part of the day had been tracked. And I was thinking back over the 10 years or so over 10 years, we've been at Coyote, how many conversations I've had with people where, have you been tracking your food? Yes. Well, let me take a look. 
and I start scrolling and I see the first three or four days I look at have there's it's, nothing it's been an tracked. Excuse me. Well, oh, yeah. I forgot. Well, I had- oh, yeah. Well, Sunday, you know, I went out. It was Mother's Day. I didn't do anything. And then Saturday I had this party and I didn't do it. And I fr- Friday we went out to eat, so I didn't do it on Friday. But I did Thursday and Wednesday. But then Tuesday I only did lunch and breakfast. And then Monday I did it. So I'm looking back over a seven day period. They tracked three full days and four days they didn't track. But in their mind they're thinking, yeah, I've been super consistent tracking. And so I think that's one of the most important things about a coach who has helped a lot of different people is the perspective of knowing you probably haven't been as consistent as you are. And I was thinking as you were talking, like that is the most valuable thing about a coach is being able to help you set realistic expectations and not just a coach in the gym, but in in any avenue of life, business coaches, you know, life coaches, uh, coaches in, in sports or whatever, they have the experience to be able to tell you what is realistic, where, what you need to do to improve that type of thing. They have that third, that out outside looking in, uh, look at your overall health and wellness and fitness in, in the gym example. And they can say, well, based on what I see, based on your lifestyle, based on you having three kids, based on you working uh, a very stressful job where you're traveling multiple times every month, based on you getting six hours of sleep, this is what I think is realistic for you in this season of your life. I would not uh, and, and not set them up to have these super high expectations and then be um, set up to fail. And I think when we try to do it by ourselves, we just tend to, you know, gloss over all the variables and just think, well, if I just white knuckle it, I can get to this. And if they can do it, I can do it, that type of thing. But that's the value of a coach is being able to look at it objectively and say, well, no, really, this is not the, the best time for you. And we all we all need those types of people in our life to, to bounce things off of. And that, you know, working with somebody who has helped countless other people is so, so valuable because it allows you to have that perspective of what is actually possible, what you couldn't can do in this season of life or, you know, hold you accountable or hold the, you know, maybe you uh, just need somebody to give you a kick in the butt every now and then all those types of things. And so having somebody that you can talk to about those things is, is crucial for being able to, to stick with it consistently. Because if you try to do it on your own, you're most likely going to get to that point where you just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I'll glad, gladly give anyone a kick in the butt if they need it. <laughs> yep. Just, do just it. let yeah. us know. Cause uh, the other thing I wanted to kind of think about when it comes to burnout is I think oftentimes with burnout, there is, um, the reality that a lot of people exist in where your responsibilities outside of your fitness and health goal, you go through a period of time where those responsibilities change or increase. So it's your, your child made a new sports team or you took on a responsibility uh, to be the team mom or something at work has happened and you're covering another person's job or you're traveling a little bit more in this season. And so then I think burnout becomes uh, almost a guarantee if you're not capable of shifting the goals and shifting your habits to match the responsibilities of things that are in this season um, very important to your well-being and to your family. So I think for, for us, what we try to do is help people to not only establish what we've just talked about over the last few minutes, but also then to realize that once you establish that, there are other responsibilities that are very important. And we have a lot of sympathy, a lot of empathy for people who are in a stage where it becomes busier. And that is where we want to come alongside and help people take that step of maybe shifting the expectation, lowering the level of expectation of progress to match 
the amount that, of time and energy that you're able to give into your fitness. We never think that we're at a time of life where fitness isn't a priority because we can. Um, that's something that we need to learn to live with because life is always going to have something come up. But learning how to be educated enough to say that, okay, maybe this isn't a season where I spend an extra amount of time in the gym. Maybe this is a time where I'm in the hotel and I need to do the at-home workout um, and I need to take this 15 minutes to to stay after it. Or maybe I need to start tracking my food because I'm not able to make it to the gym quite as often. And so being able to shift goals to match as responsibility goes up and down and as the season gets busier and then less busy, that also is very important. If, if you take a, a grand overview view of your life and the 80 years or however long it is you're on the planet, the most important times for you to be focused on your health and fitness are the times when you're the busiest because those are going to be the times when you have the tendency to fall off and completely let it go the least important times are the times when it's easy for you to go to the gym everybody can do that you can make progress in that time anybody can do that but i've seen it happen so many times that when people have the schedule they come in they're dedicated they're tracking their food they're making tons of progress and then as soon as they start the job they just completely throw the fitness routine out the window and then two years down the road they are worse off than they were when they first started way back in the day. And so if, if you can learn to maintain as best you can during the busiest times of your life, you are going to be, in the grand scheme of things, so much fitter and healthier over your entire life than if you only focus on it when the time is good. So the most important times for you to be focused on your diet, be focused on your, uh, your, um, your workouts, Doing that home workout three days a week if that's what it takes. Tracking your food as best you can and at least trying to maintain your healthy habits for as mu as long as you can when you're traveling like crazy. In over, over 20, 30, 40 years, you're going to be much healthier, much fitter than if you only do it when when things are when the stars are perfectly aligned for you. And so that's where we're always trying to help people. How can we help them? in this period of life when they're super busy and traveling and giving them all the tools to be able to continue to do it and maintain as best they can. And then when things are great, yeah, make the progress, build that buffer uh, away from, from disease. It's like when we teach people with tracking food that food over the course of a week is really an average of your full week. Um, and so if you take how many calories you ate for seven straight days, then you divide by seven. That's really how many calories you're eating per day, even though one day was 3,000 and the next day was, you know, 800 and you skipped a few meals. It begins to even out. It's the same, like you're saying, for the grand scheme of things when it comes to our health and fitness. You know, no matter how much you how much fitness you do in two years, if you take the next two years and work out once a week, you're going to end up right back where you were, or maybe worse. And so, it's it's creating consistency and helping people uh like you said create avoiding burnout is really just a perspective shift of uh longevity an episode we did a couple a couple weeks ago that's very similar um another thing i thought about with burnout that i think happens for people is sometimes if you have a group of people that aren't supporting you in your goals they will the things that they're saying to you can lead you to feel like you're burned out or that you're doing too much that seems to be very common um, and if you're around that negativity every time you're not in the gym all of a sudden you're going to start to believe that too and so i think one of the things that our culture if we look at the culture in general 
People believe that we're obsessed about food because we track it and we keep up with it and we eat real foods. And then they also think we're obsessed with fitness because we prioritize it in the day. And a lot of times you do hear that very consistently from the people who aren't putting their health and fitness as a priority in their life. And that also, I think, leads people to doubting, oh, maybe I am doing too much, or maybe this is hard, or maybe I don't need to be spending this much time. And almost that can lead to a sense of burnout, especially if it's someone that's in your own home. Um, I do enough work with clients who are working on their nutrition to understand how much it can help someone make progress if they have support at home or if there's um, negativity at home or if there's someone who is not encouraging you to do that extra work, to pay attention to your food, to take the time to track your food, to weigh your food uh, before you eat. And so sometimes people with opposing views, if you're around that negativity too much, that can lead you to feel burned out, um, even though uh, in reality, you're just doing what's necessary to put your health and fitness first. That's so crazy. I was literally having this conversation with, with somebody about this yesterday and somebody close to them was making comments and they, I don't even think I know they didn't even realize what they were saying was having a negative impact, but it was, you know, they kept saying things over and over that made this person start to question themselves and what they were doing and, and that type of thing. And a lot of times it might not even be, uh, malicious at all. Um, but being aware that of what other people say can have a, uh, a, a effect on you, um, whether you realize it or not. And it can, can definitely affect your uh, your emotions and how you feel about what you're doing. And so you have to be so attached to the reason why you're doing it that no matter what people say, you're going to continue to do it. And we always use the example of the people at work trying to shame you for eating healthy. And they will say, you're obsessed with how you eat. But I would turn that around and say they're obsessed with how they eat. They're, they're holding on so hard to not giving up the food that they want to eat that they are not only going to go out of their way to um try to they're going to go out of their way to try to throw you off your rails so they're they're so obsessed with holding on to the way that they eat and their lifestyle and holding on to them being able to um eat whatever they want to and not think about it that they're going to try to derail you because it makes them feel bad and so i think in 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 that instance they're more obsessed with it than somebody who is actually trying to take care of their health and fitness. I And let's just even make it tangibly. Maybe this is an example because I, I got a text from a client who just did our Beachbody Challenge. She just finished after six weeks. We had a heart-to-heart -heart meeting at the gym, in the front of the gym, um, and I just asked her, are you making progress towards the goal when you came into the gym? Are you making progress towards that goal that you set out? And she deflected a little bit towards um, a goal that I could tell was not why she was in the gym. And I kind of pushed a little bit deeper and said and asked her specifically about weight loss and if that was something that she wanted to prioritize. And she said, yeah, you know, that really was the reason why I started is, I, you know, I like being strong, but I know I need to lose weight. Um, and I said, listen, this is going to be a great opportunity um, to to work on that. I'd love to help you. We did the Beachbody Challenge. She just finished up. But along the way, 
one of the things that her coworkers actually shamed her for was not ordering with them so they couldn't get the discount for the amount of people that were ordering food for lunch. She had brought her food. So it wasn't even that it wasn't even just a little jab about giving someone a hard time, but it may actually be someone blaming you for their financially for them financially having to spend more money because you didn't I didn't act, save a dollar on my meal. You didn't order you. out. You didn't get the group the group discount on your Uber delivery. And so it was just like, it broke my heart a little bit because this was someone who um, has has been on this journey for such a long time. And it's it's so cool. Like she turned in her final scan and um, has is down six and a half percent body fat wow. and 14 pounds of body fat wow. in the six weeks. And muscles up a pound while losing 14 pounds of body fat. Looks different. People asked me the other day, why they were like she looked so happy walking out of here what happened i was like she did her check-in scan for the for the challenge and in the first three weeks lost nine pounds and so to me like the reason we talk about something like even in the conversation of burnout why it typically always ends up going back to having a supportive community around you um, how much diet can help buffer burnout because diet takes the pressure off your fitness and your, uh, you know, I got to get five hours of cardio in, or I need to go do extra running. There's so many different conversations around burnout, but fitness and nutrition, it's almost a part of the conversation is, oh, you're going to just do that for a little while and then you're going to get burned out and you're going to go back to your routine. And so what we've got to do is in the long haul, we've got to shift the way that you view your life almost. So it's a long journey. So number one, we would look at expectations and unrealistic expectations. Number two, we would look at the environment that this person is spending their time and maybe they don't have a supportive uh, spouse at home, or maybe they don't have supportive coworkers. And, um, it's just so funny when you see, like we we're finishing the beach body challenge this week and I've been around, there's been a group of people that have been really, really, really dedicated to it and have been talking about it constantly. And they were all turning in their scans this week and they all were close to perfect scores with points and they all had tremendous, tremendous results. And I was thinking about it and I was like, they're constantly reinforcing each other that we're doing this together. I'm going to beat you. You know, uh, I'm, we're, we're making progress this is working. I feel great about it. And contrast that with, you know, other times I've seen it where nobody's really talking about it. And it's just kind of like business as usual. And, you know, some people get some good results and some people don't even turn their scan in. And so um, just the environment you're in matters. And the more you can be around people who are are um, walking the path with you, supporting you farther along than you and want you to win. And so many people in this world, you know, they see other people succeed and it makes them feel bad about themselves and they subconsciously or consciously want that person to fail. And if we can, you know, be be um, mindful of that and mindful of how other people um, talk and, you know, what their actions, how it affects us. And if we can try to spend t- more time around people who are supportive and building you up. And that's what Coyote is, is a supportive community. It's part of our mission statement. We want people to. Who, uh, support each other and, and want ev- everybody to succeed and we all want to succeed together and that's why we always as coaches try to build people up so much because we know there's so much negative negativity outside these four walls and I think it's what's so attractive to people uh, when they come inside these doors because they feel so supported and like people actually want them to succeed and that's what we really really try to create is a, a environment where people uh, support each other and one literally one you know literally want each other to succeed 
the I think that the the final thought that I have about uh, burnout is just to um, to also be it. We've we've we always want to balance out. Sometimes we're just doing hard things, and that's okay. You know, burnout is. Uh, again, like the reason why we were just talking about a supportive community is because what we're striving for is challenging. No one is trying to make this easy just to make it easy. What we're trying to do is help be smart, but also understand that there's no way around. We are choosing the the uncomfortable things so that we can uh, enjoy and make the most of the life that we have, the body that we have, and the mission that you individually have. And so um, at the end of the day, burnout's going to be a temptation because we're doing hard things. And it's hard to wake up and to, you know, to take care of your body. It's hard to, to do the stretching at night so you can go back in the gym and feel good and not throw out your back. You know, there's all these little things that uh, I think we encourage and ask people to do. And, um, you know, sometimes it's okay for it to be hard. I think that's what builds resilience. Uh, I know it's what builds resilience. And so we appreciate everyone that's out there uh, who's doing the hard things. And we know burnout can be a temptation. And we want to walk you walk with you through the different stages of life for for a, uh, for the long haul. But also just know that there's other people who are out there who also are doing the same thing. And so use that energy and use them to push. You push them when they're down and, and um, hopefully you're going to have people who are there to push you as and well. And if you do feel like you are working really hard and you are being consistent and you're not happy with your results, I would encourage you to talk to somebody who has a lot of experience um, in this area because they can give you an objective look. And like I said earlier, you can be one or two small tweaks away from where you need to be. And so uh, I'll give a brief example for, for myself um, in that uh, last year we were training for a marathon. Every Saturday I ran long distance with my wife. And so I was doing class workouts Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday I was running long and I wasn't tracking my food at all. And my body fat percent pretty much stayed the same the entire year. I scanned a couple times throughout the year. My weight pretty much stayed the same. My body fat percent pretty much stayed, stayed the same. Well, I went into this year with new goals and I wanted to uh, put, on, put muscle back on and, and, and start uh, you know, improving my body composition again and, and lower my, my in-body scan. So I scanned in yesterday. Uh, so this is uh, after four and a half months of, of doing it. And the only two tweaks I made was, number one, I started tracking my food every single day. Now, there were some days I missed. I wasn't super consistent with it, but I would say 80 to 90% of the days this year I've tracked my food. And when I traveled, I didn't track. And I've really made a, a diligent effort to to uh, change my lunches every day. I've been eating pretty consistent lunch of rice and chicken every single day. And then the other change I made was adding in the physique track on on Wednesdays and uh, Saturdays. So um, last year I was doing partner workouts pretty frequently on Wednesday. So I was doing regular, you know, class Monday through Friday, then run on Saturday, uh, switched to partner workout on Wednesday for physique work. And then I also added physique work on Saturday. While well, scanning yesterday, I had the best scan I've had in a couple years. I got, uh, I've put on like, I think it was like six or seven pounds of muscle this year since January. My body fat is in the single digits for the first time it's been in at least a couple years. And all that, all I did was make two minor tweaks to tracking my food consistently and changing, switch, you know, changing up my, my training, uh, two days a week, um, and adding in a little bit more bodybuilding type stuff. So all that to say it at last year, I was actually working harder. <laughs> I was running yeah, long yeah. on Saturdays. I was working like the work was way harder. Um, but, 
um, for the goal I was trying to achieve. That was for the goal I was trying to achieve last year, um, which was running a marathon. You might be working really hard, and some of the stuff you're working is not helping you achieve your goals. And so uh, I made a couple tweaks to adjust my uh, body fat percent, and it it paid off. And so um, all that being said, you can make a few small tweaks um, and you can, you can, those two tweaks can make you achieve all the goals that you want. And all it takes is knowing which, which tweaks to make. Yep. So, and that'll, that eliminates burnout in itself. Yeah. And then like you're happy you and you're like, beginning. all right, when you see in progress, you're like, ah, let's keep it rolling. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, that's, uh, that's all for, uh, this week. Let's move on to the next segment outside the box. Um, so we're, uh, we're pretty short on time here, but, uh, let's, uh, what you got going on, Caleb, I'll, I'll start. Uh, we are leaving next week for Pasadena, California. My first time in California in about seven or eight years. I'm going to eat a lot of In-N-Out Burger because I haven't been there since the last time I was in California. And we're going to go cheer marathon at the semifinals um, and expecting a great weekend. Looking forward to it. Um, She's already tested the workouts out. Feels great about them. Um, And uh, we're really excited to go and uh, cheer on and and, uh, hopefully – get that top 10 spot so we will be in pasadena next week and weekend and uh, enjoying the sunny california weather and we also got murph coming up we'll be flying back on murph day on monday so we will be missing it but looking forward to seeing everybody do murph i know uh, my memorial day will be better than last year when i accidentally used a 40 pound vest in murph instead of a 20 on uh, rookie mistake that's what happens when you start putting on weight Hunter. yeah <laughs> i grabbed my brother-in-law's vest and I just didn't even think that it wouldn't be 20 pounds. And it was 40 pounds. And I did the whole thing with a 40-pound vest. And I couldn't straighten my arm out for about a week. But it was it was fine. So uh, that's what we got going on. Man, I, we don't have much. This is a busy time for us uh, at work. We were, we're hiring coaches. So we've got interviews and training. And um, so this is just a – this is kind of a, a time where um, we grind a little bit, at least for, for, the, for my part of uh, – at my responsibilities with with coyote and so um it's about busy, time you started grinding it's a busy Caleb. time it's about time we started working <laughs> uh so yeah there's there's not just a ton of light at the end of the tunnel but um i do have a couple recommends okay what recommends you i have? i feel like you i got, should you're take gonna one do for two? tyler you're for gonna tyler. do two no i need to save them because yeah run out. you run out you, you can't use uh, them all in one here one here is my recommend a and then part b uh we watched the movie air um it is I the heard it was story good. of nike uh getting that first contract with michael jordan and it was phenomenal and i'll tell you the reason i'm doing part a and then part b uh, because part B is that if you've, I know Hunter's recommended this, um, but if you've never read the book Shoe Dog, um, it is the story of uh, basically how Nike got started. And it's Phil Knight, right? I don't know why I just, all right. Uh, I started watching The Last Dance after, and so Phil Jackson stuck in my head. Phil Knight, uh, the story of how he started Nike from a business standpoint, it's a it's an amazing story of resilience and just doing whatever it takes to be successful. But it also leads into this this uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck are in it. Um, who is a uh, who is a uh, the guy from um, uh, Ozark? What's his name? Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman's amazing in it. So it's a, there's a lot of big actors. Um, 
the the actress that plays Michael Jordan's mom was phenomenal. Did you is um, this in theaters? No, it is on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. So you can everybody should be able to access it. Uh, but it is it's a really cool story and it made me want to rewatch The Last Dance too. So I started that again. Uh, but what anyway, a great Air it's a rare movie recommends for me and then sub uh kind of sub point Shoe Dog if you've never read it. Shoe Dog was awesome. I think I've recommended that one before. Uh, so I'll recommend a book. It is a biography on Winston Churchill called Churchill Walking with Destiny. It's a very long one, um, but he lived an um, incredible life, an amazing life. He did so many awesome things, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's by Andrew Roberts, and uh, if you like English history, if you like England, you like World War One, World War Two history, um, you will really, really enjoy this book. It's uh, one of the best biographies I've ever read. Um, but like I said, it's a very long one, so be prepared to uh, read it over a couple months probably. Uh, but Churchill, Walking with Destiny, um, great biography. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. silky smooth sounds.